All right, everybody. Good evening. Uh, welcome to the Monday Night Hammer. Let me get through all this. This is For Fantasy Sake QC. You can find all of our content at ForFantasySakeQC.com. Uh, this podcast, again, the Monday Night Hammer, brought to you by the Mobile Party Experience. Um, I am Nick Garal, otherwise known as at run underscore the underscore Sims on Twitter. We got my good friend here, Michael Sicoli, uh, Michael underscore underscore Sicoli on Twitter. Um, he's bringing the heat there every day, letting you know what's going on at uh, the wonderful Quinnipiac campus. Mm. Um, and also just bringing you some some pretty good fantasy football content there as well. So make sure you subscribe to him. Um, this week, uh, we'll call it a back to basics week. Um, all that nonsense about the two deep shell uh, limiting the explosive Bills and Ch- Kansas City Chiefs offense uh, seemed to uh, to be a lot of hullabaloo, uh, b- ballers ball, and uh, they got back to it. Uh, the Cowboys absolutely trounced the Atlanta Falcons. Um, so it seems like things are, are kind of going as expected. Um, the Seahawks putting up an egg, uh, kind of unexpected, but uh, what, just give us a little lay of the land. What? How did things look from your view? Honestly, the entire week was marred by – the big injuries to defensive players. Like we weren't like, this is a fantasy football show. We can't harp on it for too long, but you know, I was watching TJ Watt go down. I watched Chase Young go down. It was just, I mean, wait, 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 it, wait. it almost, the, the Steelers, the Steelers were on by. The we're Steelers were on by. I forgot. We, the Steelers did not play this past week. I, I don't, we're not talking about that. My game. bad. When TJ Watt that, got yeah. nicked up in practice yesterday. So yes. yes. Thank you. Oh, God, um, the Steelers I'm weren't sorry. on by. I, we have to. We have to. We have to. We have to report the facts as journalists. We have to report the You're, facts. I yeah. I I, I can. That say, was disgusting. On my end, it was the most. It was the worst game, or the it was the most Steelers ending I've ever seen in my life. It was for those who didn't watch. They had two opportunities to win this game. Uh, Deontay Johnson had a huge catch and run, fumbled because of course why not? He doesn't drop passes anymore. He fumbles them. Uh, then Pat Fryermuth, my guy, my love. I he's been fantastic. Oh, he's gonna be a monster. But has an unforgivable, well, totally forgivable. I love him still, but a brutal fumble with what thirty seconds left, driving down the field. You know, literally yards at from like the green range. line, the green line the that green says line. like Boswell's range. Um, just really tough. I mean, they both teams trying to give it away. I mean, you just yeah. can't. You can't, no, you can't. You can't lose Jared. those games. You can't tie those games. You can't, you can't tie yeah. the Jared Goff. And one note about Jared Goff: Dan Campbell is a is a beautiful human, yeah. and I feel bad for him because I I feel like out of all of the quarterbacks in the NFL, I feel like Jared Goff is the least compatible with his personality. Jared Goff, like the California boy. Oh, but he traded for him, Nick. And and Dan Campbell is like literally like rip off your ears and uh like just just a really gritty lunch pail guy and he has this like California boy who's like afraid yeah. of his own shadow. It's just awful. It's awful. Like get him like Ryan. He needs like a Ryan Fitzpatrick, Gardner Minshew. Uh, even I mean I don't know. Even throw Jameis Winston out there. He like all of those guys would be great with Dan Campbell. Like if we're talking garbage quarterbacks. No offense to Ryan Fitzpatrick. Gardner Minshew, and I'm actually all of the offense to them. Not great, oh, but better than Jared Goff. Better than Jared Goff because, I mean, you just – Dan Campbell just had to run the ball, and there was like four people in the backfield every time. DeAndre Swift is breaking three tackles just to get back to the line of scrimmage. 33 carries, by the way. My Listen, goodness. 
we're gonna we're gonna get into that. Um, we're we're, we're gonna talk about Swift because I have a point. I'll hold off, and we're gonna talk about. Okay, Swift. okay. Let's jump um, into the injuries real quick, and then yeah. and then we'll get into it. Let's do it. Um, Aaron Jones, my goodness, there were tears. He was hugging his family. Everyone thought it was an ACL tear. It seems. It seems that he avoided a major injury, one to two weeks uh, MCL strain, which, I mean, I find that hard to believe. I, I would probably be more um, leaning towards a two-week absence, but in the meantime, A.J. Dillon was bullying people on that field with his enormous thighs. Yeah, I mean, A.J. Dillon is a solid running back who plays with his size. He plays to his size, and that'll get it done. It's, it's not – it's as talent aside – this is a workhorse in a Aaron Rodgers led offense. That's that's all you need. That's the requirement. Now yeah. his threat yeah. for passing down work is gone. Aaron Jones was the guy who was going to catch passes. They lost Kylan Hill. They have no one behind AJ Dillon. It's, I mean, I expect them to add someone. It won't be substantial. And AJ Dillon's going to be an RB one until Aaron Jones gets back. Yeah, yeah. So I expect to be without AJ Dillon for a couple of weeks. In the meantime, if you had AJ Dillon stashed. Aaron um, yeah, Aaron Jones will be will be out for a few weeks. Thank you, sir. Um, Dallas Goddard uh, just got absolutely Ugh. rocked. I don't know why they didn't call that a helmet to helmet. It was pretty clear. Just, after... But I, 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 as a Dallas Goddard truther, it was that was a frustrating one because uh, yeah, it's and just, you could tell that, as soon as he got hit. He... Yeah, as soon as he got hit, he was stumble. It was it wasn't even a stumble. It was like it was a far away look without me ever looking in his eyes. It was, yeah, it yeah. was, he got up and he was confused on where he was. It was, it yeah, was a scary thing. Definitely. It was really was. Yeah, for sure. But so I would expect, uh, him, I would, I'd be surprised if he, sorry, I would, I would be surprised if he clears protocol. We've been seeing players clear protocol, you know, with, yeah. within a week. I'd be surprised if Goddard does that. Yeah. Kind of similar. Damien Harris didn't clear protocol this week. So I could probably yep. see him uh, going that direction. Scary, scary stuff there. Uh, Baker Mayfield tweaked his knee. Um, Stefanski came out right away, said he should be fine. Bone bruise. Is Baker Mayfield bad at football? I mean, I don't think he's good. I think I mean, he's I'll, perfectly I'll, mediocre, and they need a little bit more from him if they want to really be a Super Bowl contender. Actually, I'll, make, uh, I'll, I'll, play, I'll play the devil, not, not even devil's advocate, because I do think Baker Mayfield's a good quarterback. I think we saw some really good stuff out of him in years past. The, the problem here, if you watch the game, he was getting mauled. That offensive mm-hmm. line, they invested over $100 million in, in just two of the players of the last weekend. They were they were getting blown by. Baker Mayfield was on his back. It can't happen when your quarterback already hurt. And then you also have to factor in, wh- who is he throwing to? He's throwing to a Jarvis Landry who's coming off another injury. He's throwing to DPJ, who I view as an inconsistent, deep threat, MBS-level type player. And what, Austin Hooper? David Njoku? That's without yeah. his top two running backs. It's yeah. It was a tough for it was a tough ask for him to show out. You'd you'd want him to do better based on how much he struggled. But between the injuries and that supporting cast, it's it's not going to happen this year with Cleveland. They have to retool in the offseason. Yeah, yeah, it's a shame they had really talented team to start the year, and injury bug got them. Um, also, when uh, one of your wide receivers' dad is putting Instagram videos, uh, doesn't help quarterback. Does not help. Not going to help him around. Not going to help him around. Um, Ricky Seals Jones, um, hip. Uh, he's day to day. Logan Thomas is due back. So that situation, the tight end situation for the uh, Washington football team is looking a little uh, murky right now. Keep an eye on that. 
Um, Jamar Jefferson, uh, DeAndre Swift's backup, scored a weird touchdown where the Steelers decided that they didn't want to tackle anymore. Um, he's day-to-day. We mentioned that because, man, is the waiver wire ugly. And Swift's backup, I'm not even going to try. His backup, Okanubi. He is it's, um, yeah, not, someone not, that you not might want to pick up because they're going to mix in um, another back in that backfield, and they're going to run the ball a ton. <clears throat> but, yeah, so kind of burying the lead here as well. Uh, two two uh, big stars. Um, well, one is done for the season, Bob Trees, a.k.a. Robert Woods, um, tore his ACL in practice on, I believe that was Friday. 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 Right Nobody knew the, until Saturday. Nobody knew until yeah, Saturday. Right after the OBJ trade, which is um, – it's going to be interesting to see how they play tonight um, because on short notice, Robert Woods is seems it's like a, a, a keystone part of that offense. If uh, if you want to hop into Mr. Gorilla's science classroom, uh, a keystone species, much like the beaver um, who builds dams and creates ecosystems for the rest of the organisms in the ecosystem. Um, yeah. Uh, Bob Woods is, is kind of opens things up for Cooper cup. He opens things up in the run game. Um, just a really savvy player and, He's having a, a decent season. I mean, it's he's kind of he was I mean, a, it's kind of yeah. it's tough right. to to put him right next to Cooper Cup because they went right in the same place in 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 fantasy drafts and one is the one wide receiver one overall on a cheat code and the other one is getting you ten to fifteen points a week. But what he does in real life football is really hard to replace. So we'll see how they um they they deal with that tonight. What do you think about Bobby Trees? It's brutal. I mean, you're completely right in everything you said. And I'll, to like to my respect, I have such respect for Bob Woods. So I'm going to make this point. You know, people are people are reasonably disappointed in Robert Woods, but that's only because of Cooper Cup. Robert Woods though, was a wide the wide receiver twelve uh, before he got hurt. That is that was the exact value that everyone was saying he was of him being drafted in the wide receiver, you know, seven uh, sixteen seventeen range. And we all, I, I know, I said he's going to be the wide, he's going to be wide receiver twelve. He's going to be a back end wide receiver one. And you know, he was producing in his loss of this offense. Like he's been a solid fantasy producer. But I that that is like spoiler. I'll do something else for my rant tonight a little bit later. But that's what I want to see because he's in every man. Like he'll do anything. He'll do mm-hmm. the, the jet sweeps. He'll do the blocking on the edge. Odell, I don't think will do the blocking on the edge. So we'll see who does. I mean. It's it's a tough blow for the offense as a whole. I'm sure it's a shot in the, it's a shot to the face for the locker room itself. I mean, it's it, it's yeah. it's it's a tough loss. Van Jefferson and Odell are obviously the two, you know, benefactors, you know, production wise. Uh, I I if I had to pick one, I tend to lean towards Van Jefferson just because I tend to think he's a good player. But I mean, you're you're. Both will have their weeks. I don't think you can predict either, and I don't think you can predict that Odell can stay. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see if um, I, I think they might ask Odell to do some of that stuff. I mean, he's a veteran. You gotta oh, imagine yeah. he understands that part of the game pretty well. Um, it's not like his personality. You don't really expect him. He's he's not a Heinz Ward. Shout out Heinz Ward. Um, Shout out Heinz he's, Ward. He's never had that. He's never had that uh, reputation to like really get in there and block, but. I mean, new environment, uh, new motivation, um, basically the Super Bowl t- contender right now. Um, they might they might get him to get his uh, his nose dirty in there a little bit. But um, CMC nicked up a little bit. I did see he, he went to the medical tent, came back out, um, had a great, like a very CMC game. 
um, 23 uh, uh, looks, uh, 10 targets, 13 rush attempts, uh, scored 26 points without scoring a touchdown. And just really, I mean, he's back, but uh, what did you see out of him in, in the injury there? McCaffrey's great. And the reason I tossed him on this list, he wasn't there initially, I know, Nick. Um, it it's, it's the worry. The worry that he stepped off the field for another hamstring issue, the same one that he's been dealing with. Now, he returned. He... You know, played a little bit more sparingly. You saw more Chuba Hubbard in the second half of a game that, if I remember correctly, was somewhat out of hand. Um, yeah. But it, it, from the get go. I mean, yeah. So maybe they were just being cautious with McCaffrey. I haven't heard, seen any report that was suggested serious, but the fact that he missed a couple drives or missed some time on the field with a hamstring injury after coming off a multi week absence, it's something to note. And if Chuba was dropped and placed on your waiver wire, I'm 100% picking him up just out of precaution. Yeah. Uh, typically, I mean, there's a trend. Um, these backs that get 400-plus touches, DeMarco Murray, um, Le'Veon Bell, David Johnson, these, like, crazy, crazy outlier seasons, there's really only been two or three backs that have been able to sustain that over multiple years. And right now, the evidence is showing that CMC is probably not the exception to that rule. Um He's he's gonna be he's gonna be banged up, but when he's in the lineup, he's he's gonna get a lot of looks, and that's valuable for fantasy. But, um, but yeah, I just I think it's interesting just because the human body has limits, and uh, CMC is not above that. Um, lastly, Kyler Murray, um, they're really being like cautious with him. I think they they have such a big cushion right now. Um, yep. Being eight and two, they kind of stole a win last week without him, so they they got their butts whooped this week so yes, they, um, did. they they and you got the Seahawks coming coming back after a really really disappointing outing they're not optimistic about him playing next week against the Seahawks which I find interesting this well, early in the week so um there's a there's a reason for that and the reason why they're not optimistic because why bother you have a bye week the next week hold them out one more you have like you said yeah. like you just said you got the cushion hold them out one more week get him th- you know get him through the bye week with another two weeks of rest like this is this is a playoff bound team. We're convinced. Like it's a tough division, but we're convinced it's a playoff bound team. That's almost a lock. So why risk it? Yeah. Also, Colt McCoy was also dealing with his own injuries and looked terrible out there. So I'm I'd be a little bit wary of all Cardinals not named James Conner. Something a sentence I probably would have never said, uh, you know, a couple of months ago. That's true. That's true. And it's a shame because um, Christian Kirk is breaking out before our eyes, but he doesn't have a quarterback right now. Um, yep. All right. Um, speaking of James Conner um, and other running backs, let's take a look at the leaders for week 10. Um, typically, we take a look at <clears throat> the last few weeks, but I thought it would be um, interesting just to look at week 10 and maybe you and I can talk through like what's signal, what's noise, and um, and what, what we can look forward is uh, sustainable. The top running back on the week, just like everyone thought, uh, Daryl Williams on Sunday night uh, scored 30.8 fantasy points. He had 11 rush attempts, nine targets, um, and a 16.8 or sorry, 18.8 target share. Um, what did you see out of Daryl Williams last night? Daryl Williams got the role that we've been wanting. You know, we've been wanting Casey runbacks to have, and I'm going to quickly try to share. Uh, just a quick excerpt is that can you can you see that does that work yep we're good to go fantastic okay so Daryl Williams got the role that we were wanting to have it was that passing down work we saw him jump up 
and late for that giant 30-yard touchdown reception. He had 144 all-purpose yards. He added nine receptions. Nine receptions. It's it's. I don't know why that they decided to incorporate this with Dale Williams and not with Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. I make or Elaire. It makes no sense to me. But the fact that he's getting that workload means that he's going to keep on doing it. And the question is: is is you know is Ceh back next week? And how does he factor in? I think all we know for sure is that Darrell Williams is not disappearing. I think we also no. know for sure that no. Ceh is not going to be catching the ball because Darrell Williams is going to be doing that. So with if Ceh is back next week, I think we can fire them both up as flex options with. I'd view it as a higher upside uh, Buffalo Bills situation. That's kind of yeah, how I'd that's do a it. good way to put it. That's actually a really good way to put it because they need um, I think they've identified that they need something out of the backfield in order to kind of combat combat this like too deep shell nonsense. Um, looks like they kind of figured things out. Uh, I, I saw a cool stat like next gen stats tweeted that on um, Patrick Mahomes first touchdown to Tyreek Hill, um, that it was like one of those dot diagrams. It was the first touchdown pass he had what they call in rhythm, where within two and a half to four seconds after the snap, like the ball's out. For whatever reason, Patrick Mahomes has not had a lot of in rhythm passes um, in the past like eight weeks or so. Um, I think that has a lot to do with the schemes that, that they've seen and stuff. So that was interesting. Again, I'm, I'm not an X's and O's guy. I just wanted to share that. Um, let's move on to Ramondre Stevenson, which Ooh. that thread that I uh, deleted a few weeks ago looking pretty, pretty good. He um, actually looked really good. 20 rushing attempts, um, two rushing touchdowns, five targets. Like that's a bell cow workload. I mean, in every sense of the word. Damien Harris was out. He absorbed that role plus the passing down role. It was one of those classic hot hand situations where he was feeling it and they just let him let him go. Um, interesting because he didn't practice all week because uh, he was in concussion protocol. Um, do you think this changes anything moving forward? Let's say Damien Harris Harris does clear concussion protocol early this week. Um, do you think he earned a bigger role? I think all we know for sure is that the Patriots are going to be impossible to predict because – yeah. I think Ramondre Stevenson's been fighting the rookie struggles that Bill Belichick's rookies typically have. Of occasionally, he was a healthy scratch earlier this year. It was a surprise, mm-hmm. but he was, and that just happens with rookies in a Patriots offense. And I think what we saw this week shows that he can be on the field, and he shows that he can be a factor. Um, so I think what we can expect going forward is that he could be mixing in on early downs, which would be a big impact on Damian Harris. I'm not writing off Damian Harris at all. He's been great this year, but if all of a sudden Roger Stevenson starts getting goal line work or he's already splitting with Brandon Bolden, that's an issue for Damian Harris who isn't catching the ball. So yeah, if, if Damian Harris isn't getting his 20 carries, he isn't getting his 15. I traded Damian Harris for a 2023 second and Chuba Hubbard before this week started as a McCaffrey owner. Um, and I'm, I'm pretty, ha- I'm pretty happy with it right now. And I'm not overreacting to one week. Damian Harris had a concussion. He'll be back next week or this coming week, but you have to imagine Roger yeah. Stevenson is going to be involved. It's Bill Belichick. He's not going to make it easy for us. Yeah, Damien Harris has been getting by on the, the goal line role, like being 100% his. Um, I tend to think that he probably steps right back into that role. I think Ramon J. Stevenson um, kind of showed enough uh, elusiveness, a lo- enough um, 
all I don't mean all, all those football guy world uh, words. Uh, enough wiggle. He looked Great. good. He looked good out there. So he's probably not going to be a healthy scratch moving forward. No. Um, I think he he it becomes kind of a two headed monster. Brandon Bolden does go back more to being a special teams guy. I think he solidified that. Which I mean, James White and Damian Harris were valuable to start the season in the first three weeks. So I I think that. Um, if you if you held Ramondre Stevenson through him getting cut uh, or not cut from him being a healthy scratch, uh, you got something there that you can you can slot in as a flex guy. Um, and then we've seen Damien Harris isn't in there. Uh, he's he's got a, a pretty good uh, role. Um, we already touched on AJ Dillon, so we can skip over him. He looked really good out there. Um, fire him up uh, the next couple of weeks. Uh, he does have a bye week thirteen, so just a heads up on that. Um, Perhaps we don't see AJ Dillon until after that buy. That would be interesting. Aaron um, Jones. They did say one or two weeks. Yeah. Why do I keep saying you keep on doing that? They. I know like, Aaron Jones. You're going to confuse Aaron, Aaron Jones. What if AJ Dillon is his name is Aaron Jones Dillon? It's not. But okay, I, I'm sure um, it's not. But now I don't know what AJ Dillon stands for. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Yeah. Let's look that up. Um, Algiers Jamil William Dillon Jr. Oh my goodness. Okay. Oh, I'm not. Oh, I'm not calling him AJ Dillon anymore. He's Algiers Jamil, dude. I hope I'm not mispronouncing <laughs> yeah. that, but that's fantastic. We probably are, but um, <laughs> Jonathan Taylor, I think, had 75 yards um in the first 30 seconds of the game, and then um, Frank Reich decided that uh, it was time to you know rest him for a little bit. Uh, it was like a weird game script where he got a bunch of points early, and then just a little bit of points from there on out. Um, for some reason, they don't want to overwork him. He did have 21 rush attempts. Um, give this guy just all the work. Eight targets, though, which for a 24.2% share. Um, he ended the day with uh, 24 and a half, uh, sorry, 26.1, um, t- sorry, 24.6 PPR points. Um, Jonathan Taylor is the well, most talented running back right now. Let me, let me, let me put, put this in perspective as well. Like you say, you know, you said, hi, you know, like give him everything. He had his career high in snaps yesterday. He played 84% of snaps. It's, or yeah, it was yesterday. Yeah. But 84% of snaps. This is most since week 17 of last season when he had 82% all the season. He's been fluctuating around that 50 to 60 to 70 range max jumping to 84 this week. It's, you know, it helps to play the Jacks. It always does. But that that's that's interesting. It was also six that's, receptions, which is his most since week one. His most that's the targets thing I'm, of the I'm season. saying is like it was like a weird game script because they got up early and on the back of Jonathan Taylor, and then just just keep feeding him the rock. They couldn't stop him, and they let them like creep back into the game. Eventually, they closed it out. But I mean, I just it's just mind boggling. Like if you have like he's a closer, just keep feeding him. I think they're. I, I think they have to be. I think they have to be somewhat watching the running backs going down around the league, and they know, like they. This team goes honestly. I'm a Carson Wentz guy as much as he hurts me on a week to week basis, and I'm a Michael Pittman guy. But this team goes as far as Jonathan Taylor goes, and I'm certain that Frank Reich knows that. Yeah. Um, Dearness Johnson was DFS chalk this week. Uh, he looked pretty good. Um. Average about five yards a carry. Um, had a bell cow roll in Nick Chubb's absence. Um, I just, I mean, that offensive line, like you said, they've invested a lot in that offensive line. And really, you just got to run, you got to run the holes that they open. And 
he did that. Unfortunately, um, the game got out of hand and he kind of took a back seat. But, um, but yeah, to Ernest Johnson, Cleveland running backs, uh, just fire him up every week. Even in bad game scripts, they get there. Um, let's talk about Antonio Gibson. Let's not. It's so sad. It's not right. It, they're doing him so dirty out there. So it's, this week was actually his first top 12 finish of the year. Um, he had 24 rush attempts, two targets. I don't understand it because he used to be a wide receiver. Two rushing touchdowns. But it's frustrating because you probably – if you had the depth, you might have benched Antonio Gibson because no one runs on Tampa Bay except for Antonio Gibson. So this being his one spot where he, he finally kind of breaks through and gives you the – drafted him for is probably pretty frustrating. Um, that game was weird. I just – the Tampa Bay just did not look right this week. You know, you know who doesn't look right? Antonio Gibson. I, I listen. I'm listen. I, I, I want my fantasy production. I do, of course, I do, like any other person. But Antonio Gibson is not right, and it is not okay to be throwing him out there. He has a, yeah. he has a messed up shin. He, yeah, he, it's two point seven yards to per run. carry. It's, and and again, carry. yeah, it's, it's Tampa. So the two point seven yards against Tampa. That's honestly par for the course, but. Mm-hmm. he doesn't look right if you've watched him all year the bye week did not help that's why like i he should be elite he really should be and i think he would have been and would be all season long if he was right but he's been messed up all year and they they, they should have shut him down they should have shut yeah. him down they're not doing him right it, it really does bother me but uh mm-hmm. you know while he's while he's out there he's a low like I mean, he's a low floor, high ceiling guy because they want to use him and they continue to use him. So, yeah, you know, if if you if you have if you don't have a better option, throw him out there. But mm-hmm. these ceiling games really aren't going to come too often. Exactly. Um, let's see here. Mark Ingram all of a sudden returned to form uh, with the New Orleans Saints. Um, he stepped in for Alvin Kamara, who was out injured. Uh, don't really have an update on him. Uh, kind of trended in the wrong direction all week and i think they just sat him to be safe i think he'll be back this week but if not mark ingram stepped into a role that alvin kamara could only dream of um he had uh 14 rush attempts seven targets that's more than alvin kamara seen all year frustratingly um and i mean he looked fine out there um despite being 500 years old um, looked great he really yeah. did. I mean, marking. I saw. I, I. I. forget the name, so I apologize. But I first saw someone tweet out there like, "Mark Ingram brings a character and viciousness to this team that they just don't have on offense. They don't. He energizes everyone around him. It was a fantastic trade that brought him in. It's. I mean, Mark Ingram is very important to the Saints team, and he's only been on it for a week. So yeah, yeah. I mean, he he looked good. He's if Kamara misses time. You're gonna line up Mark Ingram as a high as a back end RB one, high end RB two. Yeah, um, for sure. Uh, Zeke Elliott and Dalvin Cook, um, again, they kind of get there on volume um, alone. Uh, Zeke Elliott had two touchdowns. Um, Dalvin Cook had one touchdown. Um, again, they looked fine. Um, if you drafted them early, kind of an up and down year for both of them, but uh, it looks like they're both going to finish as RB ones as they, as, as long as they stay healthy, keep an eye on the Dalvin cook station. That doesn't look great. I hate that stuff. I hope that uh, I hope that we find out the truth. I hope that the truth comes out. That That's yeah. all I want. Yeah. Um, Michael Carter. Let's talk about him. This is an interesting one. Maybe we can end on and then we'll go rant. Um, but Michael Carter, 
uh, 16 carries, six targets. That is elite usage. However, he plays for the Jets. However, the Mike White experiment, I think it's over. Yes. I think we've decided that we need to go back, <laughs> we being the Jets, to the guy we took number two overall. Maybe we're regretting taking him number two overall. Maybe taking a BYU quarterback during a pandemic year who um, maybe wasn't even the starter at one point for that team. Maybe that wasn't a good idea. I don't know. I'm not in the Jets front office. Um, thank God, because they might be the worst front office in all of football. Um, yeah. Anyway, Mike White was dumping it off to the running backs a lot. Uh, what did you see out of Michael Carter? And should we be trading for him, maybe overpaying for him in Dynasty? So I'm not a big Michael Carter guy. I was always the Javante Williams guy of the UNC backfield that they worked. I don't think Michael Carter is anything too special. I think he lacks the athleticism to get the job done. But for this year and these, you know, this year only, he's going to be used because everyone else on that backfield is awful. We should also be talking about Ty, you know, very quietly, Ty Johnson has been a very usable flex option for several weeks now. Um, like this week was only six points, but he had double digit points for the last four. Um, but, you know, in the meantime, Michael Carter's getting the work on the ground. He's not doing too much with it, but he'll get the work on the goal line because, again, nobody else is good enough. And if he's going to add some receptions, because, again, the Jets have a terrible game. It's, the Jets are awful. But, like you said, usage is king. I'm not touching him in Dynasty. If I could sell him high to a contender, I probably would. Yeah. Over the last three weeks, Michael Carter is RB3 um, in PPR. Sure. Ty Johnson is, uh, looks like, RB12 or 13. Yeah. Um, and like I said, it's because of uh, Mike White is a dump-off king, um, which, again, I think that experiment's over. Uh, you know what, Zach Wilson, get in there, buddy. Second overall pick. Just start ripping it downfield to Corey Davis and Elijah Moore. Elijah Moore deserves more volume because he yes, had he does. another touchdown. He's mm -hmm. probably sneaking into uh, – Elijah Moore is RB1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6 over the past three weeks. Um, but he's not getting there on um, – on that elite volume that we would like to see he's getting there on touchdowns. Um, but he deserves more volume. Um, but that's all we're going to say. Uh, we're not going to jump into wide receivers this week. Um, let's talk about Monday night football. This is going to be an exciting one. There's lots of storylines, lots of stuff going on here. What are we looking at for Monday well, night football Rams we, versus Niners? Yes, sir. Before we do that, I want to quickly mention the Deandre Swift point that I was going to bring up earlier. Uh, oh, yeah. DeAndre Swift received, you know, what, 32 carries, a season high in touches. That came off the back of Dan Campbell taking a little hands-on role in the play calling. I'm not sure if you caught that news, but Dan Campbell oh, yeah. was involved oh, yeah. in the play calling this week. And A, it's a surprise that anyone Dan Campbell wants to go and run for his approach. But, you know, at the end of the day, that shows that he wants DeAndre Swift to get the freaking rock. And he's going to get it. Yeah. So that's – 33 there, carries there's, and there's six a run. Yeah, there's a there's a reason if because I'm sure plenty of people were looking at DeAndre Swift in their lineups like, wow, I'm fine, you know, glad this happened. Or they went against him and they're like, oh, of course it happens this week. But you know, mm -hmm. that's Dan Campbell taking over. So I'll quickly transition into the 49ers verse. Yeah. Oh wow, I'm blanking. But uh, the Rams. The 49ers. Thank you. 49ers versus the Rams. We just talked about the OBJ. Josh, you know, OBJ Josh Norman matchup. That's gonna be fun to watch. But what I'm really looking for is. A, I want to see this 49ers defense, you know, you know, back it up. They've been they've been unbelievably bad, but that's not what I'm expecting. I'm expecting this to be a fairly low scoring game, 
and just because the offenses aren't getting it done. I think that I think Aaron Donald's going to come out to play. I think that Rams are going to struggle without Robert Woods this week. I think it's going to be a a noticeable difference. I think the person that's going to have the best fantasy day on both sides, I think that's going to be George Kittle. Uh, or, I mean, okay. Cooper Cup, obviously. I have to – honestly, I, I write Cooper Cup out of my mind because Cooper Cup's a locked in. But George Kittle is going to be the guy who gets the ball this week. Debo Samuel is going to get his stuff done. I don't think Ayuk's going to continue his, you know, his uh, hot streak of finally doing anything. Um you know, I, I I was trying to check right now if Trey Sermon's active. I'm I, for some reason I think he might be, but regardless, I'm not really too excited about a lot of options in this game outside of George Kittle and Cooper Cup. I don't think uh, um, Jamichael Hasty is active, so no. um, Trey Sermon is active uh, because of that. Um, so I'll be looking for Elijah Mitchell maybe to step into a little bit more of a pass game role. He had a 25% target share oh. last time um, Jermichael Hasty was inactive. We have something. I, I have something. Sorry, not breaking news. I forgot. Die. I, I t- you don't push everything you said to the side. I still think those guys are going to have good games. I still think all that. But the player I'm watching intently, close freaking eye, Jeff Wilson. That's who I want to see tonight. Jeff, That's what I well, want to is see. it a Jeff Wilson game? It, it, my, I have Jeff Wilson lined up in my DFS right now. I do. And Captain spot? This, not captain spot. I'm, I'm lining up. I'm, I, I, I have not overthought this. I'm playing Cooper Cobb in my captain spot until further notice, and I'm not going to stop that. But Jeff Wilson's, Jeff Wilson's the guy I want to watch tonight. Now, for those who don't know who Jeff Wilson is, that's fine. He's not that good of a player, but he was a beast throughout last year for the 49ers before he went down to injury. He spent the first half of this year on the pop, on the IR. He just got back this week. We talked about, we just mentioned how Jermichael Hasty's out. Jeff Wilson is in. I don't, I don't think all of a sudden we're going to have a Trey Sermon week. So then what? It's Elijah Mitchell and Jeff Wilson. Now, are you telling me that's impossible that Kyle Shanahan wants to use the random backup that nobody's heard of all, all season? In fact, I'd say it's likely. I'm going to say mm-hmm. that Jeff Wilson's going to have a decent day. I think he's going to have a very fancy, relevant day. That, that's who I'm watching. And I'm not going to All say right. it continues because you know it's the 49ers, but Jeff Wilson Jr., That's that's I, I picked him up. If he's on your wire right now before kickoff, pick him up. Take him up. Yeah, yeah. that's uh, definitely in. Uh, if you're in a league where you can drop someone from your bench that's already yep. played, drop someone, pick up Jeff Wilson, thank us later. Let's head out. Uh, this has been the Monday Night Hammer. I am Nick Garal, a.k.a. at run underscore the underscore Sims on Twitter. Um, this is brought to you also by my friend Michael Sicoli, Michael underscore underscore Sicoli on Twitter. Um, this is uh, for fantasysakeqc.com. You can find a waiver wire article there tomorrow. Preview. It's gross out there, folks. Um, so good luck. And this has been brought to you by the Mobile Party Experience. Um, have a good night, everyone. Go get him. Have a good one. Enjoy the game.